0: Log Talk Radio.
1: The Miami Hurricanes won a football game Saturday, so tonight is going to be about the positives. For the next two hours, we're going to remove the focus away. From what has gone wrong this season and talk about what is going right but let's start with quarterback Tyler Van Dyke a few weeks ago the debate was about whether he should be replaced by Jake Garcia well tonight we celebrate two straight games of 497 yards and 351 yards which has helped reshape that narrative Van Dyke credits his recent play with staying positive through his own and the team's struggles. In the early part of this season?
2: I think it's just positivity and i um, always staying up when things aren't when things aren't going great you know throw a bad ball. Oh, just got to stay positive about it and move on to the next thing and not worry about oh that's a bad throw and, and soak on it and the next one's a bad throw so you just got to stay positive and move on to the next play and Um, No matter what happens, you've got to keep uh, moving forward, and that's the mentality I uh, went with that that bye week, and it just continued the last three weeks.
1: Van Dyke's performances have led to better and more reliable play and production from his receivers, notably Rashard Smith, Frank Ladson, and Colby Young. Here's the word on Smith from TVD.
2: Yeah, I mean, Brashad's Burchard, always been a special player. You know, um, you guys saw sports of it last year. and um, After X went down, uh, he's really stepped it up. So um, I think during the bye week is when he really kind of started to really understand the entire offense as a whole and really started coming to his own and, and be that guy out there to, to make plays for us. So um, he's been doing that for the last few weeks,
1: and um, he's going to continue to do that for us. Young has come from out of nowhere to emerge as Miami's top threat down the field, going into the second half of the season. You might be asking, where has that been all year? Well, Young has been in learning mode, might've been a little nicked up early and it wasn't until the North Carolina game that the coaches felt comfortable, really comfortable about putting him in there. We spoke to him about the transition to Miami.
2: Uh, I mean, it's pretty difficult coming from a whole offense and just a different type of game speed and, I was at a junior college. So getting to that, the speed of the game in the ACC, getting used to the players and how people move was pretty difficult. But it was a great job for my teammates and the whole team in general, just helping me move forward and just never letting me take a step back. little text here, like, hey, what do you got on this? What do you got on that? Just help me out just to make sure I'm on top of my game. And just, like, during, like, off-season conditioning, you know, having my bag, like, hey, stand up. Like, you got this. You can get through this. It's like, this is going to be you. Just, I mean, really in the football game, I mean, it's, just, it's just so hard to not do good with Tyler Van Dyke back at quarterback putting the ball in the right spot. So I feel like he, he really helped me improve anything, like getting out of cuts and all that. He just put the ball in such a good spot.
1: So. You will notice that Young has been primarily running go routes through these past two games. Offensive coordinator and receivers coach Josh Gaddis is trying to change that this week by expanding Young's route trees. In the meantime, Lasson has stepped up his game by improving his hands. He's not dropping the ball anymore, and he's being much more consistent compared to Young's spectacular. And what about the defensive line, which is suddenly full of guys playing quality football? Akeem Mesador seems to be playing as well as any defensive end in the country. Mitchell Agud has been improved the past couple weeks, and Jafari Harvey has also been a steady force the entire season. Linebacker Corey Flagg has been one of the surprises of the season as well, holding off transfer Caleb Johnson for the bulk of reps at Mike Linebacker. And then there's freshman Wesley DeSaint, who's coming fast, and the coaches are clearly now reaching a comfort level with him as well in terms of giving him extended time on the field. At quarterback, Daryl Porter has been playing better, and he got the nod last week when Tyreek Stevenson was held out due to concussion protocol. Lou Headley is quietly having as good a season as any punter in the country. So it hasn't all been negative. There are positives there. And then there's the record. Miami's at 3-3 three and three at the halfway point of the season, with six games left to shape the narrative of the 2022 season. So the positives. That's the overall theme tonight as we embark on this new edition of Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Kanesport.com. We welcome you once again to CaneSport Live. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We have more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to participate. So again... You you call 563-999-3550, and you hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Okay, now that all of that's been said, we certainly are not suggesting that the overall issue of the lack of impact talent on this roster has just gone away. No, it has not. This week, we set out to evaluate the team at the midway point, both by position groups and individuals. Here's what we came up with. When you look at this ranking of Miami's position groups at mid-season, it really wasn't very difficult to pick the number one unit on the team, and that's the defensive line. That's where the most consistent performances have been. That's where the most spectacular performances have been, led by Akeem Mesador, who, as we noted, is playing the defensive end position at an extremely, extremely high level. But it hasn't just been Mesador. You've gotten good performances from Jafari Harvey. You've gotten a good, good Uh, performances from Mitchell Agude um, at defensive tackle. Daryl Jackson is playing very, very well. Leonard Taylor has splashed quite a bit. So uh, without a doubt, defensive line, when you start factoring Elijah Roberts and Jared Harrison Hunt and and some of the other guys that have been playing, Chance Williams, uh, it is the deepest and the best position on this football team. Now, some who were – knock it on TVD earlier in the season, might question our choice of quarterback as number two. But Tyler Van Dyke uh, was not as bad early in the season as some people wanted to make it. And then he has been spectacular the last two weeks. So, yes, we think quarterback has been number two on this team in the first half of the season. Uh, From there, it's a mixed lot, man. I mean, like, we made special teams number three, but, you know, Andres Borgalis has missed three critical field goals Uh, you know, that's a big thing. Tyreek Stevenson had that muff punt at Texas A&M. So special teams have been very uneven at best. The running backs have had a couple good games, a couple bad games. The tight ends have done a decent job, but the position has been besieged by injury and uh, issues blocking for the run game. The receivers have been hot and cold. Um, Off of last week, we probably could have moved them up a little bit, um, but we got to see more, I think, from there. The offensive line started out the season okay, has been absolutely terrible the last couple weeks. And then there's the linebackers, which have been pretty average the whole year, um, but actually started picking it up at Virginia Tech last week. So uh, there's hope uh, for the linebacker position. And obviously last is the defensive backs, the most disappointing position group on the football team. When the season began, we thought the defensive backs would be one of the better groups on the football team. But Tyreek stevenson has been playing hurt. DJ Ivey gave up that horrible touchdown against Middle Tennessee State. Uh, James Williams has been so-so, but hasn't been tackling particularly well. Avante Williams has been uh, struggling so much that the coaches barely feel like they can put him on the field. Uh, And then Cam Kitchens had those two horrible, horrible mental busts against North Carolina. So when you factor in six deep balls that – went for touchdowns or led to touchdowns. There is no question that the defensive back position is the one struggling the most on this Hurricane team. All right, now taking a look at the top five Miami Hurricane players at midseason, this was a little tougher than you would think. I mean, there have not been a lot of spectacular individual performances to this point in the schedule. Um, Metador clearly has been the best player on the team. We think number two has been Lou Headley. Then we made Van Dyke number three over Henry Parrish because he's kind of tailed off here the last couple of weeks. And then Will Mallory, we put him at number five. He might have been higher except for the fact that he really has not been having that great of a season as a blocker. All right, so all of that is on the table tonight as we begin this new edition of CaneSport Live. Um, welcome, everybody, once again to the show. The number is 563-999-3550, 563 563- Nine 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 three five five oh. Uh you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's get right out to the calls and begin in the three oh five tonight, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening?
3: Ooh, Gary, that was a lot of positive for this team, I'll tell you that much. Having to take hey, man. that gave me a <laughs> stomachache.
1: It's all about the <laughs> positives tonight, man. Are you aren't you oh. tired of, of negatives? I mean, I feel so bad for the fan base and uh I mean, just through our message boards and through talking to people at places like Canesware and All Canes and stuff, it, it, it's, like, it's like everyone's just, like, jumped off a bridge, man. Uh, it, it's like we're sitting here. We're in the middle of October. And yet again, it's you over. know.
3: It's, a season already. it's over. It's a wasted season. Sun. Um, I don't but know. what was they to I, I, I feel
1: bad for all you guys. I, I, you know, I, I I hope that they can win these next few games, and that we can have some meaningful games in the month of November. You know, I think yeah, I think same. I don't think that's out of the
3: question. Well, I mean, I should hope that you know you should be able to beat this terrible Virginia Tech team. Obviously, they did Duke. I mean, these teams are. I mean, they're not. They're about as average as you could be. But I mean, I just want to say, you know, I was. I am, and I still have so much faith in Mario Cristobal, and I was more excited than anyone in this world that he was coming here because I do feel he is the, uh, the guy to turn this around. But I can just tell you one thing. I've been doing it now for 32 years, and before the game starts, home games start, I always go down to the field, and I watch the team stretch. And I'm telling you, Gary, this team is just like any other team that we've had every other mediocre team – They have no life, no spunk, no – just nothing, no jump in their step. And I thought, you know, listen, we know the roster isn't loaded. I think it's a little bit better than, you know, we want to think it is. Just comparable to what we're playing against and what the results have been. But I don't see any – normally, you know, teams take on the flow of their coach and a little fiery and show some more enthusiasm. This team, they loaf around – during, the, during practice, I mean, not practice, during stretching and all this stuff, they're not out there ready to dominate anyone. It's no different than any other year for the last 15 or 20 years. I've seen the same thing this year as any other year. And another thing, this is the same thing we're going through with the same players. And if you, I just heard you mention, you know, the defensive backs were probably the biggest disappointment so far. And the defensive backs have the most tender on the team. You know, they've been here for the longest. You know, you mentioned a lot of, starters you got this that rooster kid i mean just you have the veterans basically plateauing or getting worse and everyone says oh well then you got wesley the saint he's going to be good he's going to be the future well yet again we said that about all these other kids james williams we said it about you know kitchens all these other guys when they were freshmen and now we see them plateauing off again uh, you know listen I- i'm not hiring coaches maybe you guys are seeing a lot more I cannot, from the product we're seeing on the field, I see no difference than Manny Diaz, than Al Golden. Actually, I thought Al Golden actually probably did the best job out of the last five coaches. But it's the same story. It's the same script. I see no difference in anything.
1: Same entire Smarter, same name. guys, man. You know? it, it, it's pretty much the same guys. You know, think about it. Okay, you take out Rambo. You take out Harley. You put in Mesidor. You put in Agudé. uh Beyond that, it's pretty much the same team that was mentally soft last year. That was mentally that's shown up mentally soft this year. That wasn't tough enough last year. That hasn't been tough enough this year. Um, you know, but, I mean, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't respond well to adversity. That has not responded well to
3: the Get these guys better. Like, don't these kids? Don't they get better? I see teams all the time. You know that. You know that are. You know, start off the year a little shaky, and they get better. I mean, you know, is this team going to get better? I don't. Yeah, really. I know. I, I don't think it's I, as
1: bad, Schmeyer, I don't think it's as bad as 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 we you know might think it is just on the face value. I mean, I was talking to Kevin Steele the other day, and and you know, for the most part, he is not unhappy with the defense. Uh, you know, he thinks that they have played relatively well for most of the season. Uh, that he just says that there's those six plays that he just can't. Uh, I mean, can't even begin wow. to explain what the heck was going on. And they've destroyed the season. They've Those six plays wow. destroyed the season because you lost to Middle Tennessee State and you lost to North Carolina, and now you're behind the eight ball in the Coastal. You're probably not winning the Coastal no matter what you do here, unless unless you can upset uh, yeah. Clemson and Carolina stumbles and. You know, but for the most part, he said he is happy with the defense. That the guys are have great attitudes. They're playing very hard every week, and he feels they're playing pretty well. Um, is that you know detachment from reality? I, I don't think so. I mean, if you think about it, it, it you know they did play pretty well at Texas A and M. Just blew the game. They
3: did. Play. And what happened to that offensive line that was at Texas A and M that were mauling five star kids? Now they can't, even, you can, they can't even block, I mean, Virginia Tech. They, I mean, they couldn't even throw the – I mean, they couldn't run the ball in the fourth quarter to, to wind down the clock. I can't believe that was a game. I really can't believe that Virginia Tech game actually came down to a fourth-quarter drive. It's unbelievable. I mean, that team is pathetic. That's awful. I mean, that's a really bad team. And that game was live in the fourth quarter for Miami to almost lose after dominating for three quarters because they couldn't run the ball.
1: So, I
4: you
3: know, know. I, I
1: have my own theory about the offensive line. I mean, obviously now they're banged up. They were without three starters the other day, but um, I, my, my theory was this and I was there in college station on the field at the end of that game. And I'm watching these guys walk off the field and they went the, the distance those offensive linemen. There's not a lot of depth and the guys that started that game went the distance. And you know, there's a lot of, they're going against a lot of five-star kids and, you know, really good players. And they were hurting, man. I mean, they were hurting physically more than I've ever seen a Miami offensive line hurting after a football game. And uh, Mario did have them playing ridiculously hard. They did play well enough to win that game on the road at night at one of the toughest places to play in college football. And Tyreek muffed the punt and the defense couldn't respond and hold them. And uh, Borgalis missed two field goals. The offense missed some opportunities. And in an eight-point game, they left at least 13 to 20 points out on the field. And that's, no, a, you know, no you can't, yeah. you're not going to win. You're not winning on the road at Texas A&M doing that. Um, but getting back to what you were saying, Schmeiler, the, uh, the O-line, I've never seen them hurt as bad as they were after that game. And I'm not sure. Like, I'm thinking, like, how do they not even show up the next week and I'm thinking they do not want to feel that pain again. And they thought they had a vacation week. Uh, and, you know, they couldn't flip the switch.
3: And, but and that that's my coping? explanation. Huh? Is that coping to get your guys prepared? And it, it, it is. Prepared?
1: Yes, it, it is. And, and, and for those that want to poke holes at Mario and Alex Mirabal, they definitely have fodder there. Uh, I, I think that if you would ask, you know, Mario, I think he thought they were ready to play. And, uh, you know, everything just kind of snowballed there and it became a, a apparent that they were not, uh, you know, the, you can't, the, the two interceptions at the beginning of the game. I mean, one was a bad throw by TVD. The other one was a great play by the defensive end. Maybe he should have seen him. Maybe he didn't. Um, we'll just say for argument's sake that he was not all there at the start of that game. Um, then you follow that up and Jalen Knighton fumbles two, two, three plays later. Okay, so it's snowballing already. And then uh, clearly that 10-2 sprinter that was playing wide receiver wasn't accounted for in the game plan. Uh, I mean, I think that was pretty obvious. I don't, you know, I'm not calling out any names or embarrassing them. I don't even know what individual would have been responsible for making sure that was in the scouting report and that Kevin Steele was dealing with that when he was, you know, making his play chart. But I mean, we have all watched miami's corners particularly dj ivy get beat in that exact situation by speed receivers we've been watching it for the last three four seasons so uh it shouldn't have been a great surprise to any canes fan that when dj ivy's matched up one-on-one against a 10-2 sprinter on the outside that the guy just ran right by him i mean you know dj's playing relatively well this year what he is not is a speed corner okay he is not winning foot races against very speedy wide receivers and you can't put them in those situations. I think Kevin Steele knows that now because of what happened there. Uh, but, but uh, so now you gave up four of those type of plays to middle Tennessee state. Uh, nobody obviously saw that coming and it snowballed. You're spotting them 38 points. You're not playing well. And you know, crap happens, man. I mean, it, it, it but it, but it, it, it was horrible,
3: obviously. All right, just I don't want to keep you too long here. Then I got a lot of people. But what do you what do you see happening? Let's we know this is a loss season. It is what it is. They're going to drop whether they beat Duke or they lose, you know, to Pittsburgh. And then obviously you have Cle, uh, Clemson. It's a loss season. Let's just start. What do you what do you see happening in the off season? And do you see the recruiting class, you know, holding? You know, do, do you see that? You know, is that basically is that what we're just trying to do stack talent here and just say that. Well- of, here's what
1: I, you know. here's, I'll my crystal yeah. ball. Here, here's what I see for okay. for the future. I think these next few games are very important. I, I think they they must beat Duke. They must beat Virginia. Okay, they must get to five and three going into November. Those teams okay? are terrible.
3: But I'm, I, mean, I know they're terrible. I mean, but, they're but they're I'm not saying bad. they have.
1: Well, actually, Duke is not terrible. Duke is better than people think terrible. this year. They are going to have to play on Saturday to beat Duke, but they should. I I did. They were robbed
3: of a win last week. Woo, I was watching that game; that was bad. But they should have beat North
1: right. Carolina by ten. Schmira, they did.
5: They called it I know. Well, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, all right. But, so,
1: so anyway, so he, so I, I think you obviously got to win these next two. Now you're five and three going into November. You're playing Florida State. Okay, if you're at five right. and three. People are going to get fired up. You're going to be fired up. You're going to go to the stadium. Everyone's going to get fired up. They're going to go to the Florida State game, and it's going to be an important game for Canes fans and for the Miami Hurricanes pro. Okay, um, you got to rise up in that situation. Okay, that game is going to define your season at that point. Because if you win it, you go to six and three, and then you, you know you've got three more games. One of them at Clemson, where you're probably not going to win, but at least you go, if if you get to six and three. Uh, and then you go to Georgia Tech and you take care of business at Georgia Tech and you get the seven and three. At least you're going to Clemson with your head held high, and the game will not be set at twelve thirty in the afternoon and televised on Bally Sports and ESPN three, right. which half of the damn fan base can't see. Okay, and we got three straight three straight weeks of that, Schmira. So they got to deal with that. Okay, that's got to go. This twelve thirty nonsense. On on non-distributed you know network has got to go. It's embarrassing to the program. Okay, Taking so I don't the board, think either
3: season is a write-off. I, mean, games, I don't think it's a Florida write-off games. at all. I, huh? No, Florida's games. If you look at what every night, seven thirty, ESPN, prime time, FSU, same thing, and they're not that good. I mean, whoever made this schedule is. I I mean, it's it is the, I mean, the maybe schedule. It, it's, it's the, the fact, fact that
1: they there. lost those games. They lost three in a row one to Middle Tennessee State. They, they did it to themselves. They did it to the fans. They did it to themselves. They did it to the program. They can't change history. All they can do is try to fix it for the month of November, which is very important because it leads into the month of December, which gets to the second yeah, yeah. part of your recruiting, recruiting okay? And here's what I see in recruiting. Uh, I think everything goes in the month of December. I think it's going to be the wild, wild west. I think the, the fact that any kids that are committed, I don't think it means a damn thing. I think kids are going to go up in value in NIL. I think kids are going to go down in value in NIL. I think there's going to be an incredible amount of movement in recruiting in December, maybe unlike anything we've ever seen. Okay? And it is very important that the Miami Hurricanes get to December with, with some semblance of respect, because then Mario Cristobal can be Mario Cristobal, and he can go recruit. And, um, you know, limping in with a six and six record or something like that isn't going to cut it. Okay. Um, They should get progressively better here, Shmira. I mean, they're going to get some guys back. They're not going to be as beaten up. Uh, You're seeing guys like uh, Colby Young emerging. Uh, You're, you know, you're seeing Wesley the Saints making the coaches more comfortable to put him out there more. Uh, You're seeing little signs of progress if they can just sustain it here these next several weeks and finish with respectability and signs that the program is headed in the right direction. And then Mario can go be Mario in the month of December. John Ruiz can be John Ruiz. The NIL program can flex its muscles. There's a collective now in the background. Miami should be as competitive as anybody in the country in NIL. Um, and no matter what the NCAA says, NIL is going to shape recruiting. Uh, they can try all they want. They can talk to all the senators they want and try to get legislation done and all that, um, players are, if everything's by the book, players are going to know what their NIL value is before they sign on December 21st. So that's you what I what, see
3: happening. I think
1: it's going to be crazy.
3: Yeah. I, I, you know, you made, you actually made me feel better. And I'll, like I said, I go, I'll, well, I'll I'll give on the today, day, man. Man. <laughs> All right, Gary. Thanks for getting me on. I appreciate it. a festival it. of positivity. Shmira, hey, thank All you right.
1: for getting us started tonight, man. We'll talk to you next time. All right. You got it, Gary. guy's a knowledgeable guy, man. I like when he calls in. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, All our audio issues from earlier hopefully are solved. They should be. It was one button, believe it or not. Took a lot of work figuring out which one it was, Um, but I think we're in good shape now. Let's go out to the 845. You're live on Sport Live.
6: Yeah, Gary, how you doing? Hey, what's um, up, Greg?
1: How you doing this week? You,
6: everything's I'm <laughs> um I I wanna know you wanna know how to get rich, Gary? You bet I, against Miami. They're all in five against the spread against division one teams this year. How the hell could they not cover in that game the other day? That was a disaster. Okay, here we go. Well, I'm talking about um, what the line was. What was the line in that game? The line went up to nine. Nine? It was started out at seven and went to nine. They're up 20 to nothing in the fourth quarter. They don't, they don't run the ball, and they don't run the clock down. They snap it with 10 sets to go on the play clock. Well, what is going on? Mario, Takori right. Couch commits a ridiculous penalty a personal foul right in front of Mario's nose and he leaves him in the game. Doesn't he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't game? have a
1: choice. He does not have a choice. He had to leave him in the game. They don't have anybody else to put in. Uh, I assure you Mario addressed that uh, behind closed doors on Sunday. Uh, it was the, okay. as bad a penalty as you'll ever see in your life. No argument for me whatsoever. I wrote a column on canesport.com where I said I would bench him for the rest of the season. Uh, some people thought I was being a little extreme. I didn't think I was being extreme. I mean, you have a team, you're playing on a team that has lost three straight games. You're on the road, you're, you're hanging on for dear life. Uh, if they score, it's going to be a one score game uh, in the latter part of the fourth quarter. And plenty of teams lose those uh, talk to Duke uh, and uh, you go and you're not even making a real play on the, the, the ball carrier. And you shove him out of bounds and draw a 15-yard penalty for just total nonsense. I, don't, I, I won't even say nonsensical reasons because they can't possibly be a reason for doing what he did. So you are absolutely right, Greg. Um, you have every right to be angry if you bet on the canes. And penalties like that cost 17 you your cover.
6: penalties.
1: Yeah, 17 I know.
6: penalties.
1: And a lot of them were like that. And, and they cost you your cover. They cost the Canes fans right. their cover, and no, that's not cool. You're right. I mean, losing five straight weeks against the spread. Let's, let's face it, sports betting is a lot of sports. So, um, right. you know, I'm not saying that the coaches should coach for the spread, but I think a lot of them do. Uh, but, um, but no, man, you're 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 right. Uh, but I, I, you know, I I think things are getting a little better. I really do. I I know I've been, you know, probably overly positive at times, but. Uh, I never. I I, I like the way the team looked at Texas A&M. I mean, they, they lost the game on a couple plays, but I thought they competed their butts off. I thought they ran the ball better than we've seen Miami run the ball in a long, long time. I was fired up leaving College Station, man. I, I thought that this season was going to be a really good season. And how do you explain the next week? You can't. It's not even worth talking about. Um, the North Carolina game, they did it to themselves again. You can't spot a good team like that a, a few touchdowns, and and you know a team that, that's pretty close to you in talent and think you're going to win. I mean these games go down to the fourth quarter. They're, you know that's the way the coastal's been for many many years. There's not a lot of separation.
6: Okay, you and Matt constantly talk about it's going to take up to four years to get this program back. How do you explain Tennessee? Tennessee. Matt says four. I Tennessee. say four.
1: I, I say two to three. I, I don't say four. I, I think that there's gonna be twenty players that will leave this team after this season. Um and I think How that many? they will be twenty I think twenty. I think I think there'll be another 20, 20, 20.
6: More, there'll, like last
1: yes, year? twenty more. Yeah, like last year, correct. I think there'll be another twenty. And I think that they will hit the portal. Uh and I think they are recruiting as hard as, as hard as they can. I think they're gonna uh, you know, put their big boy pants on in December, and I think that they're going to make some pretty. Uh, you know, I think that there's going to be some pretty clear signals sent that you are a big priority for us. And if you are a big priority for us, you are going to get paid. And uh, you know, the track record's there. John Ruiz has stepped up to the plate. Uh, like I said, there's a second collective now that's uh, you know building its its war chest behind the scenes, and I think Miami's going to be very competitive in December. And uh, the combination of the two, traditional recruiting and portal, should, should equal a significantly improved team next year. We'll see.
6: I know Mario's a tremendous recruiter, but his, is his style of coaching, I mean a hard-ass coaching, is that going to turn off some recruits? Uh, if if, don't if it turns
3: off
1: hard, any recruits, Greg, any recruit that turns off you want to turn off in my opinion. Uh, you know, kids that don't want to be coached hard, kids that don't want to compete, you can't win anything with them. Uh, you're better off that they don't come to you even though you might not realize it at the time. Uh, you know, look at all of Miami's recruiting classes the last 10 years, they're, they're littered with kids that, you know, are just like that. That didn't didn't pan out. That didn't last in the program for very long. Um, you know, that's what's got to change. I mean, every scholarship's got to count. And um, I think that any kid that's afraid to be coached hard is soft and you don't want them on your team. They're not going to help you win a championship. Um, Is it going to affect the kids on the current team? Absolutely, it's going to. 100%, there will be attrition uh, after this year. Like I said, I mean, there will be kids to say this is not for me.
6: All right, one last point. This morning you said, Duke's not bad. They're not. Is that what th- is that what this program has come to? We need to struggle against Duke. We beat them 47 Greg, 10 against Duke last Duke years, years. Man,
1: Duke came to Hard Rock and won. Don't you remember? Like we, I know, struggling. I
6: was there with Daniel Jones. I was. It was pouring rain. I I was there
1: yeah, with, with okay. Daniel Jones before I we realized
6: that. Jones, yeah, but. Listen, we just I mean, smoked them last year with Manny
1: yeah, okay. Diaz. this year, struggle? they got to show up and play. I don't know. That Not coach be. must be pretty. This good is Middle Tennessee Duke. Part Two, man. Can't just walk into the stadium and say, "Hey, we're the Miami Hurricanes anymore and uh, roll over Duke because they ain't rolling over, man. They're they're coming here to win." And, uh, you know, they got Jeff Simpson on their staff there. They got Coach Ishmael on their staff there. They got David Feely on their staff there. These are all guys that were here a year ago. They know this Miami team inside and out, man, strengths and weaknesses. If you don't think that this is going to be a, a potential scrum on Saturday, you're deceiving yourself. They are coming here ready to play. They are pissed off. They got screwed against North Carolina, although from what I understand, it was a legit call. But, uh, man, that's a tough way to lose when you get a, touch, a touchdown taken off the board late in the fourth quarter that's putting you up by 10, and then your kicker misses an easy field goal, and then North Carolina goes down the field and scores the winning touchdown. Um, I think that would get me a little salty. So, uh, listen, I, I think that this is going to be a tough game this weekend, and Miami better come to play. All right, I'll
6: leave you with this. Just remember this: Wayne Kiffin, seven and all. Seven and all, Gary. Him. Wayne Kiffin, seven and all. I know. Okay. But you told he's me also, he's not a good coach. He's, he's also, also in seven his, and all.
1: He's also in his what third or fourth year there, right? Is it fourth or third? I can't remember.
6: He's in the SEC. I
1: know, but it's seven AM, and he has, And he hasn't played the meat of his schedule yet, but he will. They'll, they'll lose a few games, but the point I'm making is that he's in his, what, third or fourth year? Is it the fourth or third, Greg? I can't remember. I
6: think it's his third year.
1: Okay. So he's got his system installed. Uh, He's got, you know, three recruiting classes in place. And um, he's probably a little bit further along than where they are here right now. Um, Not an excuse by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, You know, Miami is certain. I would, you know, I, it'd be interesting to see Miami play Ole Miss and see, you know, how the game goes. I think Ole Miss would probably win at this point, but, you know, they are further along. But um, I don't think you can use that as an example. Oh, my God, Miami should have hired Lane Kiffin. I mean, come on, man. Mario's the perfect guy for this job. Seriously. If Mario can't. I hope get, you're
7: right. They, if he can't get can. this thing
1: done, man, it ain't happening. I'm telling you. I'm going to retire. Disband um,
0: the program. You'll go you cheer for old Miss.
1: You'll go cheer for Ole Miss. I'm going to retire. I'm telling you, if he can't do it, I don't know who can. This job requires cojones. It requires toughness. It requires persistence. Um, not too many guys can handle it, to be quite honest.
6: Well, I hope you're right. Have a good week. Take care.
1: All right, Greg, you got one positive thing for me, man? Not one?
6: One? Yeah, I do. What's that? Yeah. You're, I, you're I, sort of, I understand
1: I'm, your point.
6: I'm, I'm hoping to win this week. I'm going to take Miami again. The law of averages said they got to cover at least once.
1: All right. So, what I'm the, good so hey, when you go into the what's the line this week? I haven't looked. I, I think it was about eight. Eight? Okay. So you're going to lay, lay eight points. You're taking Miami. And, like, yeah. after losing four straight weeks, do you just
6: keep... Uh, Doubling your bet so no, that when five you Five straight, it, five straight weeks. So after losing five uh, straight maybe weeks, maybe I'll maybe I'll see. wait to listen to what Lee Sterling has to say. <laughs> I'm <gonna> <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to what Lee says too. But let me. But, but
1: seriously, do you keep doubling your bet so that when the time comes that you do? No, five I weeks, didn't. Maybe?
6: No, no, no. I haven't bet him every week. I'm just. I bet him last week, and I thought I had a lock when it was twenty nothing. Well, a, a lot of gamblers don't know how to, to They'll run the,
1: just open the empty, man. They'll just keep doubling their bet and doubling their bet so that when they finally do win, they get back to even.
6: No, I, I'm, not, I'm not an idiot. Okay. All right, <laughs> all right all Greg. Right. Hey, great
1: talking to you, Zoe. Thank you for calling the all all show. All right, bye. <laughs> 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh let's go out to the seven eight six. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Gary, my friend, how are you? Hey, what's up everything three oh five? How you doing this week?
8: Oh doing great, brother. Doing great. Uh open uh Mike Stracane calls in a little bit. Hopefully he's doing well. Yeah, we need a we, uh, we need a
1: Mike Sturkane. Let me see if I see him anywhere. Um, I don't see him yet. But yeah, we definitely need a uh we definitely need a Mike's Yep. Yeah. so uh I,
8: I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little more positive uh, right now with regards to <clears throat> to the job that Mario has done in terms of building the roster. I mean you're 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 making a point that we might lose anywhere between fifteen and twenty five kids. And I think that's very that's very evident that's probably gonna happen. Uh you've got a lot of kids that uh if you look at our roster, the best kids in many of the positions that we have are kids that he's brought in. Uh kids that are starting to really flourish. And you look at some of the kids uh, that have picked up and gotten better. I think you've got three or four kids that are starters now that have gotten better. I mean, they're not, not still at the high-end level, but there's, they, they still have improved. Uh, so there are some definite keepers. But, yeah, the roster turnover is going to be huge. And I think I made this point to you very early in the season. I I, I was of the belief, you know, maybe 8-4, um, you know, I, I never thought about nine wins, but I, I, I knew it was going to take a while, but I was always emphasizing that in my opinion, we would play our best ball the last five, possibly six games of the season. So when you find out who your real alpha's are, you find out who your true guys that you can count on, who are the guys that are not, are not afraid to compete, who are the guys that can deal with the mentality that's required. And that was a big part of my reasoning. So when we look at where we're at right now, the injuries have many starting positions. But the kids that have stepped in, uh, they are, in some cases, two offensive linemen really got no snaps when they were both at Oregon. They're getting snaps now. They're playing games. So they're coming along. I mean, they're going to get better. This unit's going to get better. And and, and I, I feel that right now, our best ball is still ahead of us. Are there going to be some issues? Yeah. Are we going to have to do things that we don't want to do in terms of our philosophy? No doubt about it. They figured that out too late. They should have figured this out, you know, in the first quarter played against North Carolina that you can't, you can't play establishing the line of scrimmage with this group. Uh, you can at times with the defense, but you definitely can't based on the, the level of talent, skill level, the physicality that those kids have, you're missing too many people up front. So, they're, Mario being able to buy into what he needs to do just to win games, you know, that takes a while, too. So every week I think what we're going to see is Tyler getting a little bit better and better. Uh, he, he he did a better job last week. He wasn't as much focused as he was on or fixated on the first uh, first option. Uh, I think he was able to move state a little bit more last week, and I see him getting better again this week. So. Um, Duke presents a lot of challenges though, Gary. Duke is no pushover. Um, you know, out those guys they all bought in and it's a veteran offensive line. It's a couple of and a tra- smart transfers. Team. They're a smart Very team. smart and they don't hurt themselves. And and they force and they they, they force a lot of fumbles. They, last they week. force turnovers.
1: <laughs> Except last so, week they hurt themselves. Know, yeah. They had a they had a chop block on the winning play. <laughs> they hurt themselves. <laughs> but but typically, you know, you know,
8: that you know, Gary, that chop block, that chop block was totally away from the play. It had nothing to do with that play. That was the worst. I know, but they're going to call it every
1: time. That. that will be called every time. That's a safety. Yep. That's a safety yep. rule.
8: The safety of the of the players. But you know, you you look at everything, and it's like it's hopefully going to be a, a great game. Uh, we're going to match up. There, there, there are certain matchups I think they're going to struggle with. I don't think they really have a linebacker that can go ahead and cover Mallory or Skinner. Um, they're going to play a lot of zone, keep everything in front of them, I'm pretty sure, but they're going to run a lot of blitz packages, a lot of packages that, you know, similar to what Val did that second half. So I I think it's going to be a competitive game, but I'm more positive. I'm more optimistic about what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to play a lot better. And uh, You know know what's interesting interesting is
1: is how defending Miami has changed. Uh, Miami starts out the season running the football. Okay. And, and you're watching Miami, Texas A&M, and you're watching the physicality of the offensive line and the way they ran the ball against Texas A&M, and you know, you're know middle Tennessee, you're North Carolina, um, you know, you're know Virginia Tech. You, when you're looking at your game plan, you're thinking, man, we we got to shut down the running game, and they've been loading up the box, which is a lot of the reason why Miami hasn't been able to run very well not to mention the injuries on the O-line and the fact that they're in total disarray. O-line and running backs, by the way, and they're in total disarray in the run game. I think they're working very hard at it this week. But defending Miami changed everything. I mean, you know, and, you know, now Miami's, you know, throwing the ball a lot. And, uh, you know, you got Colby Young to deal with. You know, Frank Latsen's playing better. Uh, Mallory, before he got knocked out, is playing at a very high level as a pass catcher. And defending Miami changed on these guys, and uh, it's not so easy anymore. If Miami can get its act back together, running the football,
8: and I think you're going to see even more changes, uh, more uh, uh, Tyler, Tyler and friendly type of schemes and games being played. I think he's going to install more every week. Um, you know what? Don't be surprised. I don't know if
1: he's telling the truth or not. You know, because obviously we don't have, we can't compare an entire playbook. Uh, Josh Gaddis insists. That he hasn't installed anything new. He insists that everything that we're seeing has been in from the very beginning. They're just executing it better.
8: Well, I, I definitely think that's just coach because you, you definitely like the package they had. Yeah, we don't hit, know for uh, for Kip uh, from Valdusca. There's no doubt that wasn't really in. Um, that you know that, that, nah, you that know, was in it, one it it man. Took-
1: we, saw that, we saw that against Bethune Cookman. That absolutely was in.
8: Yeah. I, it, well. You know what? I, I, I maybe you're right. Um, I, I just don't. It think was there. Was he against the Yeah, yeah. I just don't think that was something that was going to be, you know, utilized.
1: They could, uh, if they uh, redshirt uh, him, uh, if if they end up, if they are going to, if the plan is to redshirt uh, Ja'Curry Brown, they can only do that four times. How many times have they done it, Gary? Twice.
8: So I mean, we got could got see that more,
1: We yeah. could see that two more games. If they do it more than two, he's he's he's, he's losing his red shirt.
8: Well, I think what, I think what Gaddis is mentioning though, you know, that basically in terms of his scheme, because when you look at one, even when they do spread, you're still utilizing a tight end in the spread. You're not necessarily going out with four wide receivers, <clears throat> or primarily a three wide receivers and one tight end. And that's pretty much what he's done. He hasn't done with four wide and a back. He hasn't done that. Um, so I still think there's cert- cert- certain packages he hasn't shown yet or hasn't done. But if you look at some of the games, there's more bubbles, or at least more attempts to uh, that. You see guys cutting their routes shorter uh, based on what the defense. I mean, there's more, I think there's more uh, options that, that are friendly that, that Tyler is comfortable with. So now he has, his, his rhythm is back and he's just let it fly more. And he wasn't that way the first three games for sure. But, you know, nonetheless, I, I, my point is I still think we're going to get better and better week in and week out. I don't necessarily mean that constitutes a, a running game, uh, you know, being able to be picked up, but you'll, you'll, you'll get opportunities, the defense being spread out for, for different, you know, different opportunities to run the ball here and there, to get some quick runs, you know, different things that are going to be in the playbook that he's going to utilize, you know, a little bit more RPO where maybe Tyler keeps it, you know, cause it's there and people are not, you know, <laughs> people aren't accounting for him a lot. So, I think those things are going to come out more and more, and they're going to get more comfortable because your quarterback is going to be more comfortable, and that might make everybody a little bit more confident. I, I was I wasn't shocked to see um, some of the catches that uh, that uh, the kid from the, the transfer from Clemson did, the kid from South Dade. but I, I was really surprised with the way that uh, Colby was able to go ahead and just focus on winning. Uh, a comp, uh, winning a contested ball, um, I, I was very surprised with that. I I, I hadn't expected that. Uh, you know, the week before against Carolina, you know, that was it was it was a, he beat one of their better Grimes, one of their better cornerbacks. He beat him uh, flat out, and just of made a great throw. But I, I think you're going to see more and more of, of defenses having to account for him, and that's what's going to open more things underneath. I think so. If if he's getting more, if they're if they're you know, getting a safety to go ahead and and pay attention to his side a little bit more, I think that opens up more opportunities for everybody else. So it's going to have an impact across the board, but it's going to be nice to see, or it's going to be interesting to see, rather, does he do when he's going up for a contested ball when there's two guys in that space, not one? Because that's coming, Gary.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. All right, everything good. You got anything else for us this week?
8: I, I had I, one thing. You talked about December and it, it, that in December, you can't hold back. I, I, I'm telling you, Gary. Well, no, December I, is
1: going to be the wild, wild west. That's what I was talking about.
8: I mean, it, it's going to be crazy. The kid from, uh, I think is Wisconsin, one of the better wide receivers. He's in the portal. I think every week from here on out, you're going to see, you know, three, four, five kids, then, then five, six, seven kids, then nine kids then 10 kids every week the number of kids that are going to start in that portal is going to increase because you're halfway through the season pretty much. And if things aren't going right and you're not comfortable, you're not – same thing these kids do when it comes to a bowl game. You know, they want to jeopardize their well-being, and that's going to start to happen soon, especially at the – we're almost – you know, we're at the midpoint of the the college football season. So expect that definitely to have an impact as well. And hopefully that doesn't impact us. (laughs) Gary, be well, my friend.
1: All right, everything. Thanks for being part of the show, man. All right, we got the YouTube comments uh, rocking tonight. And Moo um, Como says, the problem is a complicated defensive scheme that's causing blown assignments, uh, plain and simple. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, Moo. Um, I'm going to tell you why, man. Uh, you know, Camp Kitchens is playing basic cover, two that kids play when they're in you know, peewee ball. OK, it's like one of the more basic coverages in in football at any level and just made the wrong did the wrong thing, uh, you know, inexplicable, uh, you know. Uh, so I'm not sure that the defense is too complicated. Um, I just you know, there's nothing complicated about covering a guy one on one on the outside. OK, you got your technique, you got to execute it properly. You can't let it break down. Um, and then it 's the responsibility of the coaches to not put their players in a bad situation, and like against Middle Tennessee, it was a bad situation um, against North Carolina, um, you know it was cam Kinchin's not doing the right things. Uh, so uh, i don 't think it has anything to do uh, with uh, the difficulty of the scheme. I, I, I really really don 't. five six three nine 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 three five five zero oh, five six three nine 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 three five five zero oh, you hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Um, let's go to the 757 now. You are live on King Sport Live. How you doing?
5: Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Kane King, King. I want to give you an apology. Last week I told you I would apologize, and I'm going to be very kind about that. Tyler Van Dyke did play good, but guess what? I'm getting ready to cramp this and ramp it up real quick. And got the apology. That's out the way. Your top five was straight garbage. How you not going to have Cam Kitchens in there? And you should sure be throwing a lot of dirt on kitchens tonight. And what I'm hearing it. is probably the best second. No no, 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 hell no, hell no. Hell no. I'm kidding. That man been been horrible. He has been there all last year. And you that have had one bad damn game. And you trash him all the time. But you don't he trash him for yep, the first four it. games he had. Yep. Again, you ain't playing on the same field, bro. You ain't playing on the same damn. field.
0: King King. There's you know, no you're, you're not nice playing on the same field, field man. Yeah, I've listened to he you too fact. much, bro. This is the nicest kid. No, bro, I'm not listening to that trash. You got
5: trash on your side. You just called that boy out again. But when T V D when he didn't play that bad before. them You was a damn lie. Well, well, but like all
1: those interceptions
5: when I called no, him bro, out. You cannot keep dogging these boys from Miami. And another thing, when they put... My hey, man Romero, in the game. You don't have to do do no, no, I'm, I'm not done. You're not gonna overcall me. You can hang up if you want to, because I ain't I going nowhere. Well. when
1: you call in. you're, oh, you're I'm one of my you, man. Players. You
5: do. You don't play the field right, bro. You will kill a player. He wasn't in your top five, but you got Mallory in your top five. How the hell is Mallory in there? And he can't even catch a cold. I'm, and he's can in the block. So cool, so he had one good, one good game. One good game, man. Fuck that. Yeah. you you killing me with this, bro? Cam Kitchen is the best. Secondary man, we got. He's yes, done, he had one bad game out of all the games he played, and you trying to tell me he's not K-K. in the top five? That's BS. That excuse has yes. to go. That excuse has to go
1: bye bye, man. This stuff, forget about the. Oh, we no, had one are, bad game. You can't, you can't have one bad
5: game. You in you can. You you, you 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 buy it, bro. you too biased. Oh. ain't gonna call you out. I'm going to call you out. You are best when it comes to certain players, bro. And you've been like that for years. Stop it. Because you holding TV in your head. I'm going to like for you out. <laughs> wait a minute. Just like with Stevenson. You're all Stevenson. You're all Stevenson. i will go around the globe. But <laughs> just dove, Abby, you just go out of me. And not out you. just throwed up. Your boy, you say he can't cover nobody. But... He has a problem with covering, but he can't
1: yeah, with some of the he fast can't receivers. Have
5: any he can't really cover cover, but he can run with some fast receivers. But he Stevens in the other hand, he a can't, receiver on receiver receiver one on on can't cover damn cold. he can't cover cold. And, like player. I said, I got to keep going because I got to get ready to get off from work. But with them wide receivers from South Florida, when they see people like Romello, I don't know what he's doing in practice, but I see him when they get him in the game. You give him a reverse, he's a receiver, runs into the play. Okay, okay. then you do a bubble screen. You know the last time we was able to block a bubble screen? 29 years ago. We ain't never made good with a bubble screen. A, oh, I know. You, have,
1: you have a Juco kid who has played very little football, who didn't know a single play when he walked. he got dropped off on campus in July – who now is the best receiver he, you have? Who has passed I mean, all
0: I mean, I of these times? I saying that. Ain't say I that. By you, you, you,
5: but every one of them saying, was saying, that, boy was saying that boy wasn't ready. And you the that he You
0: was They are But wait a
5: minute. You the minute. You the same guy that that boy was not ready. Gary, you killed me. You said, Co- <laughs> Coach, the boy yeah, read. wasn't ready. Now he's going out here and plays like a superstar. He ready. You but got about, I don't want to hear about watching. To you good good need start. to stop analyzing better than what the hell you analyzing. You ain't doing a great job because you swore out that boy wasn't ready. Now he went out there and shine. Now he's the best receiver on the team. Get out of here with that mess. And another thing, the South Florida receivers, they see what y'all doing. The coaches better open their eyes because them South Florida kids are like, man, I ain't going to do that shit. This guy was this, this guy was that. I'm going to go elsewhere. And guess what? I can't fault them if they do this because some of the bullshit I see around here. And that mess, like I said, your top five, Kitten should have been right there. Mallory should have been on the East Coast. And T V because of his two good game, he got it. He in there, but he ain't going to hold that spot. You know what the hell with this? I'm out. They better beat Duke till next week. Peace. Got me hot <laughs> as hell right now. Damn.
1: Wow. You've got to love him. I mean, you've got you, you to love him. You can't, I, I just wish I could have understood a little bit more of what he's saying. But, listen, we sit here, we talk about the games, we talk about what happens in the game. We aren't responsible. Not me, not callers, not people making comments on YouTube. None of us are responsible for who plays well and who plays poorly. We just talk about it. Um, and Listen, Cam Kitchens is the best defensive back on this team. There is no question about it, okay? He is the best guy. He's better than James. He's better than Avante. Um, but he, he's, better, he's better than Tyreek. He, he's better than DJ. Um, he's better than Porter, okay? He is the best defensive back on this team. However, in two plays against North Carolina, he royally screwed up. It was the difference. It was. It gave them fourteen points in a three-point football game. Okay, and there were plenty of other plays, but it's way more complicated. Oh, he had a bad game. Well, this is college football, man. Like, you have a bad game, you're blowing your team's season. Like, you can't have bad games in college football. You might lose one here or there, but you certainly can't just write off the. Of, oh, well, I had a bad game because there's not that kind of margin for error in college football. So um Kane Kane love you buddy but um and as far as the South Florida receivers they've pretty much other than Restrepo who's hurt and isn't getting a chance to perform um but he was performing in camp and in spring practice uh you know they're not performing at the level that everybody thought that they were going to perform based on what we all saw from them down here in high school and I mean, that's the facts. And there's nothing that you, Kane Kane or me, Gary, or, you know, music lover on the message, on the uh, YouTube message, who's sitting here saying, you know, to Couch, is horrible. He shouldn't see the field. Is he dogging to Corey Couch? Corey Couch has to play better. He had a horrible season last year. They recommitted to him. They put him out there. They're putting him out there this year. And he goes and he commits a mindless penalty in the fourth quarter the other night, as mindless a penalty as you will ever see, that gave them extra free yards that you will have a hard time overcoming against anybody, especially on the road uh, in their stadium. And uh, any coach will tell you that. And that was a critical, critical penalty that should not happen. And um, to Corey Couch, We'll only continue to not pay the penalty for that because they don't have anybody else to put out there. 563 999 563 You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, let's go now to the 706. You are live on Sport Live.
4: Hey, Gary. It's your boy, Sebastian. How are you doing?
1: Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How are you, man? Please don't scream at me. <laughs> No, I'm uh, not screaming to you now I'm, I'm a
0: sensitive guy
1: yeah no, man, I'll be uh
4: KK just just kind of went in and just you know I, I i i'm I'm gonna keep it positive like 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 you were like you were trying to keep the show it's a good win, you know it, we would be feeling totally different if we lost those guys won they won on the road a big easy e- e- game it, it, say say again.
1: Unless you bat like Greg.
4: <laughs> if you, well, yeah, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm just going to say, hey, these guys, they played hard on defense. They won on the road. Um, clean up the penalties. You know, I know what you're saying about putting the young guys out there. This is what you get. But but what I also think about, too, Gary, is when you put young guys out there, these are lessons that's going to serve them better down the years to come. I know you're trying to win games. But I just think we could de- we, we we I just want to be developing what we see as our future and not kind of married to our past, you know. Um, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a good win. I thought they played fast. I thought they played hard with a big um, crowd at Lane Stadium. That would have really been a big game if Virginia Tech would have won it. Trust me, they wanted to win that game, but we won it, and so I'm happy about that. I'm really encouraged by seeing a lot more West Virginia Saint. I don't understand the rationale why Chase
1: Smith doesn't play more. He's um, got to know what he's I doing and, and, and actually, they love him. You know, they 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 love him. They want him to develop. They want him to play. He's got to get into the playbook a little bit better, I think. Um, and then is I think
4: got, is is that because I just think he has the type of athleticism. Like I'm watching the game right now. They're, they 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 yeah. replaying the game, and I'm just watching how the why the running back are just eating our lunch because we just don't have, you know, the linebackers or safeties that just can kind of cover out to them, you know. So um, those are the things that I think about of where we can get better. As, 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 as I talk, because I know my time is limited, this season is a success to me if we get to eight and four. Not seven and five, get to eight and four. I agree. You give me an eight and four, t- you, you give me an eight and four, you give me a win against Florida State or Clemson, and the season's over, and we're eight and four and i, I I'm not too far from the expectations where i thought they would, would rather I thought they would be eight and four
1: that would be winning would be the last five. seven
0: yeah i I, I, I totally agree I, with
4: if you we're, if we're eight and if we're eight and four, i mean nine and three is running the table, but if we're eight and four and we win a bowl game with what Mario had to work with, because most of this is not his team, then that is encouraging to to send the recruits and just for us to be stable because we have a pretty much good recruiting class with a lot of influx of good talent coming in. We could marry that with the transfer portal and a lot of things going forward. Where I see we lacking really is the third and two. If we could ever be a good third and two football team, meaning that we can run the ball on third and two, and get it, and play the type of defense we have right now. I think we'll be a
1: decent team.
4: I, I think that is going yeah, to I mean, be. That, the that's start what they were. That was their goal, team. man.
1: they were trying to build for that. You know, in training camp. Would you, would you,
4: would you, would you, do, do you understand my rationale?
1: I, want I to absolutely do. You're, you're, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, look at the Southern Miss game. They won the Southern Miss game by ditching the passing game and running the football. <laughs> then they went to yeah. Texas A&M yeah. and they ran for 171 yards. I, I mean, yeah. when have you
7: ever –
1: think about this, Sebastian. I mean, I'm sure you've been watching football for many, many, many years. When have you ever seen a team just totally lose its, 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 its physical personality? And we're going to have Leon Searcy on here in a minute. I want to talk to him about this. Uh, hmm. Like just like totally – like you're coming out, you're, 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 you're kicking butt, you're executing the run game uh, like, like crazy, and then all of a sudden it just all goes poof like it never happened. Bizarre, man. Gary, Gary, I'm,
4: Gary, I'm going I'm to say something to you. And the reason why the third and two is so important to me is because when you're in close, tight ball games, sometimes you're going to need that to win a game, to close it out at the end. Sometimes you're going to have to do that to break the other team's will, you know, and sometimes you're not going to always play your best. You know, this is a lot to ask of this team or just football players to every single week to be on your A game. You're not. You know, I mean, even, shoot, Alabama and Georgia has those games every now and again, but they just can out-physical them kind of moving forward. So those are the things that I think about. Can we be a good third and two kind of football season? I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let you go. Gary, we have a lot of injuries this year, and I know we're working through them. I said this at the beginning of the year. I know you're not going to agree with me, but I think the most significant injury we suffered this year, was Trevante Citizen. Definitely to, have one of them. Power back, to have a power back that can break it, to me, Trevante Citizen, he probably is, to me, the difference in the Texas A&M game, he probably is the difference between, you know, the North Carolina game, you know, just trying to, you know, stabilize that, you know, because they they're not a great team. Out of all the injuries we have, more than Zion, more than, you know, Restrepo, and I know Restrepo is a big one. Right. Safety brand. I know that's a big one, but yeah. to me, the most significant yeah. injury Christian i would have made, made a difference, I agree. Years, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. He but anyway, just kind of keep me on hold. Give me some recruiting information in relations to targets that probably not offered, that are probably it's underneath too, the radar it, that we're going It's
1: too soon for that, Sebastian. Everything's on hold right now. Recruiting is like dead in the water, dead in the water on hold. Uh, they got to win some games, and and as we get into November and then obviously December, it'll pick up again. Right now, all the kids are in the middle of their seasons. Uh, it's about the kids that are committed and them sticking to their commitments. Right now, all right, man. Hey, thank you for being on the show. Uh, sorry, sorry, Sebastian. Um, I'm had to run because um, we got uh, a, It's time for the point counterpoint. Uh, segment of our show. And, um, we got a couple guys in the green room right now that, um, are never lacking for opinions on all these issues. Uh, the first I'm going to bring in is the voice of the fan, Bruce Warner. And then the next guy coming in is a guy that, um, is never without great opinions. To go with his great cigars, and that's our our, our, our main man uh, Leon Searcy. Uh Leon, welcome back to Kane Sport Live. Thank you so much. Hey,
9: I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate. You.
1: you were supposed hey, to be I'm here last wrong. week, man. You were you were, but Bruce said you were out selling cigars. Well, listen, I, I, oh.
9: listen, I'm in the cigar business, and I I, I want to apologize first and foremost for not being on last week because I was checking inventory of my cigar brand in Jacksonville. So I wanted to make sure that I was here uh, for the show, even though I'm still in the business. I'm, I'm actually outside of the cigar lounge right now, uh, checking the inventory of my cigars, but I had to be on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, did. There will be no more yeah. sitting over my because house. Because I'm, 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 I'm so afraid of Bruce Warner. <laughs> because I thought Bruce was going to come to Jacksonville and kick my ass if I didn't come on the show. No, it's not that. It's just that we never, ever, ever say
0: who's going to be on the show, and people say who's your guest. And Gary made me swear never to say. But last week I said you. He said you. And then you didn't show up. Hey,
9: listen, 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 listen here, Bruce Warner. You know, I'm you know I'm in the business of cigars. I know. So if, if, listen, if I can ever come on this show and it has anything to do with the canes, I'm about it. I know. So if I didn't make the show, it means I was busy. But I never, ever would miss the opportunity to talk about my hurricane. Okay. And you I, know that.
1: You know, before I, we talk I, about the hurricanes, I want to hear about your cigars.
0: Listen.
1: I want to hear about the cigars, man. Where where do these cigars come from? Are they Cuban?
9: Well, listen, uh, me and my business partner, Howard G and Ike Taylor, a two-time Super Bowl champion with the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, we're all business partners. Right. All our cigars are out of Nicaragua. Our distributor is out of Miami. My good friend, Alex Menendez, he's our distributor. Uh, we've been in the business now for three years. We're in uh, 17 states, and we're in 65 cigar lounges uh, nationwide. All right. Wow. All right. That's awesome, man. man. We're, we're, let me see one. Let's see you know this. he's Where got one it? in his hand. You know that. Well, listen. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> there <it> smoking, is. <laughs> I'm smoking I'm smoking the Big thirst right now. Okay. It's called the Big thirst <laughs> Big Surce. All right. Oh, it's 72 on it, too.
0: Nice. <laughs> it is a 72 on it. Yes, yeah, a 72 on it. I saw it. So, what do, you, what, what do you want to ask him, Gary?
1: Well, let's start with this. Okay. I'm I'm sure you've seen this. Like, we start out, the, you know, we got Mario as head coach now. Alex Miraball in. Huge commitment to physicality, running the football, um, you know, being tough. And they come out uh, with that type of personality uh, against Southern Miss. The passing game was struggling. Southern Miss was throwing all kinds of gimmick cover coverages at them. It was confusing Tyler Van Dyke and the receivers. So they ditched the, the passing game at halftime and they run the ball in the second half effectively. Then they go to Texas A&M. They beat the living crap out of Texas A&M, Leon. That's an SEC defensive line with five-star defensive linemen. They beat the crap out of them. They ran the ball for 171 yards. But since then, they haven't been able to run the ball. How how does that happen? How do you just lose your running game?
9: Well, you know, I, I, but listen, I I I I can't understand to be quite honest with you. Uh, back in my heyday, the University of Miami was a stickler and built upon. Um, the offensive defensive line. Uh you, you, you build it from the inside out. And Mario is um, he's covering the same cloth. All right. Mario has um you know he has Jimmy Johnson. Um you know he was coached by Jimmy Johnson. He was under Nick Saban, And underneath those tutelage it was always building the inside out. And I think that's the main reason why the University of Miami has struggled over these last couple of games because but quite frankly, we've been soft up front. We've been soft in the running game. We've been soft, soft defensively. And I think until you fix that, I mean, I think the University of Miami is going to be, um, it's going to be always on the outside looking in, because um, you got to build it from the inside out. I, I don't care how many, I don't care how many uh, playmakers you have offensively, wide receivers, running backs, or quarterbacks. It's got to be built from the inside out, and I think Mario understands that. I think Mario is doing a, 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 jo- a hell of a job trying to build this team from the inside out, and I'm not sure if he has the people in place that he needs to win at a very superior level. That's the answer. Gary, that's
0: been the answer. They don't have it. I mean, they bring it in, and that's super, He looks like a, a future player. The other – five-star offensive of lineman of IMC. He looks legit, and he needs more of those guys because the, all the guys that we've had over the years, like Ken Herbert, actually I'm representing his brother in a game, but um, these guys never have out. They were 4 a but they, but
1: they went to College Station on the road on a Saturday I night, and, and they beat the crap out of those guys. And those guys, a couple weeks later, fought Alabama toe-to-toe to the last play. I mean, it's not like they were chump-changed. I mean, they beat the crap out of those guys at the line of scrimmage. I, I mean, I've never seen. Hey, hey, Go ahead, Leon. Bro, that,
9: that, hey, hey, listen, uh, Gary. That's the most frustrating thing about this thing is that when they played Texas A&M on the road in a hostile environment, for the most part, they did a they did a uh, a pretty good job. They did a diligent job up front, uh, their ability to run the ball and their ability to stop the run. Uh, I have no idea. But then you go you come back and you play Mississippi I mean you, mean, you play Middle Tennessee and then you, you they, I mean, then they act like they didn't have any guys in place to uh, play for the... Listen I, mean, I listen. I told Bruce Warner before I came on this show, I really started watching a lot of Miami Hurricane football after Middle Tennessee. Now I watched a little bit of North Carolina which was very disappointing that they couldn't go toe-to-toe with, with North Carolina but I mean, listen, this listen, sand castles sand castles aren't built overnight. Mario has to build this thing. Um, I didn't think for I, I didn't think for one part that he was gonna be able to have a, a, a national championship team overnight. Oh, got He's gonna be able to get put his people in place. He's gotta be able to put his recruits in place to help define the the the, the, the uh the, the pedigree that he wants to build a university in Miami. So um, I, I'm willing to give Mario more time to build and develop this team, but it's very disappointing with some of the losses that we had over the last couple of weeks.
0: Right. It took it took Butch a long time. Actually, when Jimmy got here, he lost five games in his first year. Dennis yeah. came to, to you. He already had the Ferrari. All he had to do was turn on the, on the engine and drive it. And, and Dennis
1: it. was a good enough coach to do it. You know, right. he, he, he was a, a, a very good X and O football coach. Right. So, it, I mean, Leon's right. There's not
0: enough force to sell We may have receivers. We may have two, three quarterbacks, four or five running backs, but we don't have them in the trenches. The defense is playing a little better, but the offensive line
1: is a bad. I, I, Leon, I had this theory. I want to know what you think about this because I've been trying to figure it out. I'm, you know, I talked about this earlier in the show, so I'm going to be quick. I, I'm standing on the field at Texas A&M after the game. And I'm watching the offensive line uh, walk off the field. Now, they had to go. They don't have depth. They played the whole game, the starting unit, uh, toe-to-toe. It was a very physical ball game. Um, these kids were hurting, Leon, and I want you to talk about the pain that an offensive lineman feels after a tough physical game like that. Um, these kids were hurting. I mean, I'm looking at Ja'Kai Clark. He can barely walk. The center. Um and I'm, my theory is that those kids were hurting after that game playing Mario-style uh, offensive line football. Were hurting more than they had ever hurt in their lives. And they didn't like it very much. And now the next week they're playing Middle Tennessee. And I think they just thought they were on vacation, man. I don't think those kids were ready to play mentally, physically. I think they were beaten up. I want to know from you, is there any possibility of what I'm talking about being true the pain that an offensive lineman walks out of a physical ball game with, um, and can it have a carryover effect for a couple weeks? Well,
9: you know, I can only give you an assessment of my history at the University of Miami. That um, my, my, my toughest ball games when I played when I was at the University of Miami was actually in practice, all right? So I, I, I am the offensive lineman that I was at the University of Miami, based upon the defense that I face every day in practice, every day in practice, I, I faced the number one defense in the country, which, which, which got me familiar with the teams that I played uh, on Saturdays. So I, I knew um, that there was never going to be a defense that I had that that would challenge me more than the defense that I played in practice. And I'm, I'm, I'm only assessing this because if, you don't have the 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 uh, tenacity as an offensive line up front with the defense that you play every week uh, during practice. Um, then it's, then you can't showcase your talents when it comes on Saturday. So I, I'm, I'm I'm not questioning Mario's uh, practice regiment, but I just know that my but what, what I as, as a stickler as an offensive lineman is that. My toughest games were usually during practice, so I just think that there's me there needs to be an assessment somewhere in practice where the offensive line has to struggle a bit against the defense to where on saturdays it's it's, it's easy for' them. and and I'm old school I'm a dinosaur right now, so the most most of the stuff I'm talking about has a lot to do with uh, my old school premise where you play. How you practice if, if the, the regiment in practice is intense and that, that there's there's a foregone conclusion with you being the best that you can during practice that that somehow rollovers on Saturdays and uh, I, I'm not sure if the, the same regiment in practice is being assessed during the week to where these where University of Miami can play the way they need to play. On
0: Saturday, so that's yeah, all And, and I'll, I'll throw something else, Leon. What's your thought? I mean, I used to go watch you guys. I watched you practice. You guys are there every week. You didn't have that many major injuries. Every week, you look at the offensive line. They're not the same. There's no continuity. Nobody really knows what the other ones do. You're looking at your second and third spring guys playing now. Zion Nelson's been out for most of the year. And if, if you're interested in the pieces, but there's no continuity, it's satisfactory you're
9: You hear me? I hear you. I heard you. Yes. Is that a factor in your opinion? It just no absolutely, 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 absolutely. unless I mean, we just need we just need more dogs up uh, front on both sides of the ball. If, if, we, if we're gonna get if, listen, I, I, listen, I don't believe in, in Miami. The, the assessment that Miami getting getting back to what Miami used to be uh, has a has a lot more to do with how Mario um his template in practice, how he gets those guys to perform in practice as a is is a regimen of what University of Miami needs to be on Saturdays. And I'm not sure that he has I'm not sure if he has the game plan or the players that are really that are ready to assess that kind of effort mm-hmm. because I see what I see on Saturdays and it's not hurricane football in my assessment. Hey, one
0: last thing before Gary goes. What did you tell me a few months ago at the book signing that Mario told you about those kids after spring? They don't know how to
9: what? What was the word? Well. They don't know how to work. They don't know how to work. They don't know. How. They,
3: That's they don't, fair. They,
9: they, they, well, Mario told me because Mario was in uh, Amelia Island here in Jacksonville. I had my radio show in the middle alley in Jacksonville. Right. And he, what he told me off the air is that a lot of these players that, uh, that um, he has right now, don't know how to work. And, 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 and and maybe that's an attribute to playing on Saturdays, but there's no way, listen, there's no way in the world. University of Miami should be losing to middle Tennessee and teams like that. It was just, it was just, it was just as disgusting to see, to be quite honest.
1: Well, the complete no-show. Um, he, he definitely doesn't have dogs. There's no question about it. Um, I think there's maybe one guy in the starting lineup right now that has a chance to play in the National Football League one day. Um, Leon, th- w- when what was the moment where you physically hurt the worst in your career in football? Was it a college game, an NFL game? Uh, when did Leon Searcy uh, go home on Sunday? And questioning like, can I make it to practice the next day? Or you know. Well, hell, every
9: every every day on the Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was a uh, Jimmy Johnson was a lunatic, bro. Jimmy Johnson every day, every week, every day. Our scholarship was on the line. I mean, listen, my freshman year in 1987. Listen, two weeks just a week ago, they celebrated the 35th anniversary of the 1987 national championship team, and I talked to uh, Bush Davis and I talked to uh, Dave Campo, who's a good friend of mine. And um, if you didn't if you didn't perform well in the, in the on on the scout team uh, during that time, I mean, Jimmy Johnson would get rid of you. I mean, your scholarship. Each and every day was on the line, and um, that kind of pressure made me a better player, and the fact that every day I was going against the number one defense in the country.
3: So that molded
9: me and modeled modeled me into the offensive lineman that I was because our defense was so good. And if your defense is that good as an offensive lineman, you can only get better. You can only get better going up against – Uh, that kind of defense each and every day. So I just think the competition level in practice has to be elevated to the point where um, that, you know, you don't like each other. I hated my defense. I hated Tiger Clark. I hated Bill Hawkins, Daniels. I hated all of those guys, but they may be better each and every day because I knew that if I could block them on a daily basis uh, when I was playing, That was only going to make me a better player. I just think the University of Miami has to get back to that competition level where the games are easy on Saturday and they're hard from Monday to Friday.
1: And within those words is the dilemma of the Miami football program right now because they don't have those type of players, for starters, and they don't have that level of competition on the practice field because they don't have those level of players. And I'm going to throw out another one at you, Leon, Um, I don't think the coaches in spring and fall practice get a true reading of their team because they don't have that level of competition. I think they don't get to know their team. So they get into the season.
9: That, that's sad. That's, that's, that's really sad. That's, that really is sad. But it's I really sad. believe it.
1: it. I believe it. I really do. I, 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 I see it every single year right now. And I think it's going to change. I think Mario's the right guy to do it. But, you know, I think that the reason why all these deficiencies show up once the games begin is because, you know, they're always fixing something because they didn't know it was going to be a problem until they got into into the games.
9: I totally agree. I totally agree. And by the time you get to the game, it's too late. Too late. You, you got. You got. Listen, you got to be able. You got to be able to assess what your team is way before Saturday. I mean, it, it's 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 in practice where you can assess what kind of talent and what kind of tenacity you have on the offensive defensive side of the ball uh, throughout the week. As a coaching staff, you know if your team is well equipped. And well prepared to play on Saturdays long before the game starts, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I love Mario's, my guy. We come from the same cloth, but he had to know going into those games against Middle Tennessee, against the North Carolinas of the world, that that team was not was ill prepared to win those games. Now, take the day and them. I mean, we had, you know, we had a a couple of uh, miscues. That cost us the game, but we should have won that game. And if we win that game, and then that's a building block to move forward with other games that we play. But uh, I, I, I can't assess how you play so well against Texas A and M, and then you you lay a you lay an egg against Middle Tennessee and North Carolina. Well, it doesn't you, make you, any sense. But
1: you me. played, you coached, you've been around football for decades now. How does that happen, Leon? How, how does that happen? How does how do they not show up at all from Middle Tennessee?
9: That coaching. That's coaches. The one thing I the one thing I can assess is that when when I when I was with Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson was harder on me was harder on the team when he, when we when we played teams that weren't on our level, because he knew that he did not want us to play to the level or the team that we play. He never had to get us up for Florida, Florida State, Michigan, Notre Dame, because he knew that we were going to be we were gonna be ready to go with that. But when you play the teams that are beneath you, he was harder on us with those teams that we played because he didn't want us to play to the level of the talent that we were playing up against. Yeah, and,
0: and I think what's happening, unfortunately, is this season is – Spring practice and fall practice, but it's in a regular football season. He's still learning his team, and he's figuring out who he wants back next year and who he doesn't want on the team anymore. So even though it's a real season, it's almost like spring practice and fall practice. He's weeding out who he doesn't want. He's learning on the fly. So I expect a lot of big difference next year, I hope. But I don't want to see this anymore. I got um... a... Well, we're not that good. It's hard for us to say. We're not
9: that good. I got another crazy. We aren't, we aren't that good. We that good, we're not that good. We're not that
1: good. Now, I got another crazy theory for you, Leon, and you can relate to Uh-oh. this because you can. Oh, I mean, Leon's got the foundation to to you know think this thing through. This okay? You got a new staff that comes in. They work. They've worked for nine months. Okay, Mario grinds on like maybe you know there's only a handful of other coaches in the country that work anywhere near as hard as Mario. And these guys work 18 hours a day on a regular basis the entire year, year-round. If it's not preparing for games, it's recruiting, um, it's, it's developing players, whatever, okay? You've worked, you've been on this, you came onto the staff, you've worked nine months, and you've had this one-game circle, Texas A&M College Station, for nine months. Like, that's your first big test, is go on the College Station. And you go up there, and you get beat and you're you're sitting there, we worked nine months for this, we just got beat, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, we're flying home, we're getting home at 5 a.m., we're beaten up, we lost the game. I'm not sure that the coaching staff recovered from that, Leon. And you say it's coaching, and I'm sure you're right, that coaching has a lot to do with it. I'm not sure the entire organization recovered from the disappointment of losing that game, uh, under those circumstances, after working around the clock for nine months to get ready for it?
9: Well, I mean, I can agree with you on that. I can agree with you on that, absolutely. I mean, listen, our defense played well enough to win. I mean, we had a muff front. Uh, Van Dyke was um, pedestrian at best. We had, we had an outstanding running game. My offensive line protected well. He wasn't pressured. We didn't. Run, we ran the ball effectively. Um, I just didn't. I just didn't think that. in the game. We had any playmakers uh, at the wide receiving core to where we could utilize them effectively. Um, but that 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 in the game was winnable. I mean, as as well as we played defensively in that game outside of the uh, the the muff punt and um and the ability to make tackles towards the end. Um, that game was winnable. But but you gotta get over that. If you lost that game you gotta get over that. The season the season could still have been salvaged, you know, even though we lost to Texas A and I mean we could have bounced back and beat Middle Tennessee. and beat North Carolina. Uh we were in both games, um, to where we could have still had the opportunity to win the A C C but I mean, you lose to North Carolina. Um, I mean, even though Van Dyke threw for almost 500 yards, uh, we couldn't stop anybody on defense. We couldn't we couldn't stop anybody defensively. So um, we we got to find a way to turn this thing around. I mean, um, listen, I, I haven't been able, I haven't, I haven't been able to talk any smack for the last three weeks. <laughs> it's very frustrating. How about two decades,
1: man? Because
9: I, my my life is encompassed upon me talking smack for the University of Miami, and I had high hopes going into this season because I had this team at worst ten and two right. or eleven and one, and we've already lost three games. Yeah,
1: I thought they'd win nine. I, I thought nine was
9: a. I, I thought party. we went nine or ten. Right. Yeah, yeah we Mid- all did. Now, uh, now I think Gary that,
0: and I did the post game show for A and M, and we were like, "But oh, this was a great game! I'm happy." We were
1: I, I left A and M that night feeling really good about where this season was going.
0: Yep. You play like that the rest of this season, you kick everybody's ass. One hundred percent,
1: man. That happen. that effort that we saw at College Station would yeah. win pretty much every game except maybe Clemson. And then your
0: bottom dropped out.
1: So we all
9: know now, after halfway through this season, Mario's got work. Oh, and you know what's sad? I'm gonna tell you what's even sadder than that is that I'm here in the Jacksonville, and I'm watching Clemson play FSU. and I'm not sure if we are better than either one of those teams that played this this last Saturday. I'm, I'm not sure if we're better than the Florida State of Clemson. right? That, that Florida State I, game I, is, I, is gonna define the Florida
1: State well, game. The Florida State game is gonna define the season. It's going yeah. to define the season. Yeah,
9: yeah, yeah. It's going, it's it's going, it's going to be a tough game. But they got to beat Duke the game and Virginia. Last and I'm saying, to myself, can we beat either one of these teams? If we can't, I mean, the season is a loss.
1: They can beat Florida State, but first they got to beat Duke and they got to beat Virginia and they got to get to Florida State five and three, yeah. and then it's another circle the wagons type of moment.
0: We'll see. Right. Gotta get there. Gotta get
1: there, man. All right, Leon man, um we'll let you sell some more cigars. That's a that's a pretty nice where are you? That's a nice looking place behind you there.
9: Well yeah, I'm I'm in Jacksonville right now. I'm at one of the cigar lounges that uh that has my cigars. So I had to come here and check the inventory to make sure they have enough of my cigars in play uh, for this weekend. So That's
1: a nice I'm looking lounge right. behind you there. What, what's it called?
9: It's called Aromas in Jacksonville. Huh. okay.
1: Looks pretty nice. nice. All right, man. Well, hey, thank Ooh, you so nothing much.
0: But the best nothing, to
1: nothing but the best, man. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. We'll do it again soon, uh, hopefully.
9: Hey, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, Leon. I'll talk to you soon, Leon. Be well. Thank you, you gather. Be well. Y'all be well.
1: Thank you, man. Okay, You're sure. the best. Thank you. All right. All right, Bruce. Um, we'll see you, I guess, tomorrow night for the Lamar Thomas Show. You got
0: it. Pete you know,
1: he even apologize. I didn't tell him to do that. He did it on his own. you know. Nah, he's, he, he's the best, man. Lovely sure He always did. All right, man. We'll see you tomorrow night. All
0: right. All right. Talk to you later, buddy.
1: Bye. All right. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, sorry for those of you that were uh, holding on uh, during that. Um so we got about a half hour here. Let's uh let's let's hit the call, see what you guys have to say. Let's go to the nine one seven. You're live on King Sport Live.
10: Hey what's up, Gary, BK Hurricane.
1: Okay. Hey what's up, BK? How are you? Thanks for holding on during that.
10: But it was a great no, was a great right. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um I can't I can't figure out the 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 ebbs and flows of this team, they come out like gangbusters and then something happens in the second half. So it's like the opposite. Usually they perform in the second half and slow in the first half. So they just basically exchange philosophies in halves, so to (laughs) speak. They've
1: exchanged everything. They were a running team at the beginning (laughs) of the season. Now they're a passing team. They were coming out slow. Now they're coming out fast and they're not finishing. I mean, can you imagine being Mario Cristobal trying to coach this team? I mean, it's like every time you solve one problem, another one resurfaces, and then you got so many problems that you're trying to fix. Little things like clock management late in the game start falling through the cracks. Um, a kid commits a stupid penalty in the fourth quarter. You can't sit his butt on the bench because you have nobody else to put in. I I, I mean, listen, it is what it is, but it's crazy.
10: Right. So So, so that egregious... So what's going on with Isaiah Dunson and some of, you know, in this uh, plethora of young defensive backs that we have. Is the, the freshmen aren't ready. Like standing out? The, the
1: freshmen aren't ready. That was obvious. They threw Jaden Harris on the field for one play against middle Tennessee. And he gave up a <laughs> touchdown. Um, the freshmen aren't really ready. Um, Isaiah Dunson is kind of ready, but he doesn't have speed, man. It's like, so you put him out there um he doesn't like DJ Ivy is, is, is has way more speed than a Zan Dunson. So you could put him out there, but you are at risk of giving up a deep pass play, which has only destroyed your season, by the way. So like, what are you know, like right now, the personnel on, in this program is just not there. It's not, it's not close to where it needs to be. It's not close to where it is going to be in a couple of years. Mm. And, um, The coaches are are doing the best they can. I really think so. Um, I will blame the middle Tennessee game on the coaches. I I do think they had a hangover from Texas A&M. I think they let one game beat them twice, which is something that every coach preaches not to allow happen. Um, But this is a very good coaching staff. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that they're doing the best. I I think that we are seeing some progress in certain areas, but we're not going to see it all. And uh, if he pulls the Corey couch out of the game, he is now weakening his team late in the fourth quarter of a game. They must win. They are trying to break a three game losing streak. Um, they cannot, they cannot uh, like put, start putting guys out there that don't belong on the field right now.
10: Uh, so what do you think, what do you think is the reasoning with over the last five years, we we've, we've had pretty decent recruiting classes. You know, pretty decent recruiting classes, you know. Let's just say the last five years we averaged top 25 recruiting.
1: I I, I think it's depth of evaluation, uh, BK. Um, you know, I, I think you got to do your homework in recruiting. I don't think you could just, you know, there's 250, I believe, four-star players every year or you know, something like that. Um, you know, they're not all going to be good players. And and you can beat your chest. Oh, boy, I signed all these four stars. I got the number six recruiting class in America. Um, If you haven't done your proper evaluation and you're not sure that you're not, um, you don't know that you're taking the right kids, then it's going to catch up to you. And that's what's been happening to this program. I mean, every single year. I mean, we do the State of the U series in the summer. You could just go back and look at that. Just search State of the U on our website and look at those, look at those those articles that we do every in the summer and uh we look back at the recruiting classes this program's been on probation man self-imposed probation because of all the scholarships that have been blown in recruiting because of bad evaluation um that's what made butch davis such a great recruiter it's what made jimmy johnson so great it was the degree and level of evaluation before a kid even got offered a scholarship to the university of miami um that's what's got to get better and you know i think mario's got to. He's got a lot of layers right, and most of those of sport staff, and I hope that they're doing it better,
10: right, and most of those kids were South Florida kids. We kept saying, we gotta recruit South Florida better. we got to recruit South Florida better. We got to recruit South Florida better. They go out and get a bunch of these South Florida kids, and you they got take the right ones don't kids. don't pan out
1: you gotta take the right ones. I mean so you know like we, Kane, Kane, Kane calls me yeah, earlier I
6: mean,
1: he's yelling maybe and screaming at me like sure. everybody in South Florida is the right recruit, but they're not like you have to. You have yeah, to no, know, what here, man. You know what's here, You got to know what's here and what's up here. And uh, the only way to do that is put a lot of work in.
10: Yeah, I think Miami needs to become more of a national, you know, recruiting. You, you hand-pay what you can out of South Florida and move on.
1: They are. They absolutely are. They are recruiting nationally under Mario. Um, they're recruiting in South mm-hmm. Florida, too. But they're not kissing anybody's butts, either. Like, you know, listen, um, you know, Randy Shannon – you know, really had it right in his approach to South Florida, um, you know, but he knew South Florida unlike anybody. And um, there were some pla some schools, if he knew that the kids coming out of there weren't coming out with the right culture and stuff, he wouldn't recruit the schools. Uh, he wouldn't even go there um, and it would piss people off till no end. But uh, Randy understood how to recruit South Florida and, you know, he made a few mistakes himself now. He took, you know, too many kids from one school once or twice and, and, and things like yeah, that. And but, Northwestern in particular. <laughs> yeah, Northwestern, I think another year, yeah, um, same Thomas, I think. But, but um, you know, what Randy used to do is before he would take a kid, he would go to the school. And everybody knew Randy because he was from South Florida and he knew people all over town. He'd walk the halls. He'd go see the janitors and ask about kids. What's this kid like? they treat you with respect. Um, you know, he'd go talk to teachers. He'd go talk to guidance counselors. He would go talk to principals and he would, he would not take a kid if he hadn't put in that level of effort into vetting out that player. And, um, you know, Randy, you know, got run out (laughs) pretty, you know, after four years here, but, but, um, you know, he if you look at that at some of the recruiting that Randy did, it was not it was pretty good. Like Randy put together one hell of an offensive line here, I'll tell you that. Uh with Brandon Linder and um and those guys. I mean, and He um, recruited
10: a bunch of good linebackers too.
1: Yeah, he did. And you know, he but he, he he knew what he was doing. He just he just never could pull the whole thing together. He never got the coaching staff right. You know, they didn't give him the budget. If he had today's budget, it might have been different. And he you know, he was pretty stubborn too. He made some mistakes. Um, But one thing he knew was how to recruit South Florida, and had he not gotten fired, I think he would have gotten Teddy Bridgewater. I think he would have gotten Amari Cooper, and maybe things would have been different to you. Um, But he knew how to evaluate South Florida kids is my point.
6: All
10: right. Well, let's just hope they beat Duke because the sky is going to fall if they don't. (laughs) We
1: can't have any more sky falling, man. We've had enough of that.
10: There's no more sky left if if they lose to Duke.
1: Keep me on. All right, man, you got it. Thanks for being part of the show. 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550, hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Got a couple callers, but we do have room for you. We got 20 minutes of show left, so if you got something to say, call in now. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Let's go out to the 954. Wait a minute, 954 just dropped. Where'd he go? Let's go out to the 786. You are live on Game 4 Live.
7: Hey, what's going on, Gary?
3: Well, good. Who's this? This
7: is Eric.
5: Hey, what's I
7: wasn't up, able Eric? Watch, I wasn't able to watch the show this morning, but I hope you really got into Matt's butt today about Kobe Young. I, was, I really <laughs> hope you got into it. <laughs> That's pretty Look, much all but, I had to say. Keep
1: listen, Eric, truth, the truth's in the middle on on that, in all honesty. I love to give Matt so, yeah, a hard time. But he did, he did say Colby was slow. Okay, and, and 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 Colby is is not real fast. I mean, uh, probably runs four six five. You know, I, I'm not gonna say four seven. I think he's in the four sixes, or whatever. But he's in the four sixes at a position where you're supposed to be running four four. Um, listen, he was at chuko for a reason. But what we're seeing is that he has things that. Maybe make up for a little bit of a lack of speed. He's a big receiver. Uh, he's got very good ball skills. He goes up and gets it, um, and he caught people by surprise as much as anything, quite honestly. Um, so uh, now he's a known quantity. Uh, he is not catching anybody by surprise anymore, and um, they have to get more. They have to get more out of him. Uh, he's not just going to be able to run go routes. They you know, he's going to have to get to his playbook. He's going to have to learn the plays the best that he can. Uh, and he's going to have to be able to do more than just run go-routes. If he's going to continue to have effectiveness like he's been having. He's surprised everybody to this point. Okay? Uh, no, I, I can, not surprising anybody anymore. Um, no,
7: I, I agreed with Matt at the time. Like, he said this around, like, right when we got him. I mean, honestly, I thought our wide receiver recruiting would would end up being really good, and and it, it was like Matt said, that it could take up roster spots, but and what, what it looks like it is, our wide receiver recruiting isn't what it is, and our wide receivers in our room aren't as good as Kobe Young, which is shocking. I think that's honestly a shock that Kobe Young has come in. I mean, he didn't come in like you said. It obviously took him time so he came in the fall, but it's kind of shocking how he's, Emerging, and none of our other
1: receivers like Brinson and the other guys are emerging. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of them not emerging. <laughs> With all respects, again, to King Kane. Uh they are getting passed. I mean, you you just saw Colby Young; he just he just lapped them all. You know, I mean, Colby George has been hurt, but um, you know, Michael Redding's been hurt, but you know, Colby to you know Brinson uh, just lap him. I mean. Uh, listen, I feel bad for those guys, they're just, but they're not getting it done. No, there's nothing I feel so bad about it. I mean, they have to put in,
7: they have to put in the work and, and get better at the end of the day. I mean, they were all at the hey, end of the day. All these guys look at Brashard
1: Smith, stuff. you know, the results that he's getting when he started putting in the work. You know, Mario calls his parents in. They sit down. They have a meeting. I'm assuming the message is Brashard. You have talent. You can help this team. But you're not doing all the things that you need to do to be able to do that. And uh, you, need, you have a decision to make. Okay? I am prepared to feature you. Okay? You are going to get your opportunity. But you have to do your part. And you have to practice harder. And you have to study harder. And you have to show up on Saturdays more prepared to play. And you will be rewarded with playing time. And you will get your chance to be a, a, a real player for the Miami Hurricanes. And you know what? Last couple weeks? He's done it, right? Mm -hmm. Applause for Bershard Smith. All right, Eric, you got anything else, man?
7: No, that would be all. Thank you again for the great content you always produce, Gary.
1: Thank you so much, man. We appreciate you. And I know guys are frustrated and the the Canes fan is fed up. Uh, Hang in there, everybody. Um, And, um, you know, don't let it get you too down. And um, we'll keep doing what we do and try to – Help make the experience as good as we can make it for you. And uh, everyone's in this thing together. And, uh, you know, like I said, just don't, don't, don't get too down. Hopefully they win these next few weeks and we'll have an interesting month in November. Uh, let's put it that way. All right. I have a wide open board right now. So I'm going to put out a last call for calls tonight. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. In the meantime, um, let's uh, head over to these YouTube comments and see what we got here. Uh, Halo Master says, the Canes are dead. They have been since Shapiro was busted. Canes have a crap program and, and deserve no. Okay, obviously a Florida State fan or something. Um, but there is a little bit of truth to what he's saying. The Nevin Shapiro nonsense did not help anything um, for sure. Um Uh, Crap program, no, Halo Master, FSU fan. I can assure you this is not a crap program. I can assure you it's a program that is going to get it together and is going to turn the corner at some point. And hopefully it's by November when your Knoll rear end comes into hard rock thinking you're all high and mighty with your what will certainly be about a five, uh, maybe what, a four and five record at that point, because what, you guys have lost three in a row. what are you, four and three right now? Okay, no, so you'll be four. Probably be about five and five probably by the time you guys come in uh, with with your uh, high horse and everything. And I hope that the Miami Hurricanes have gotten their act together by that day to win that game because if they beat Duke and they beat Virginia and they set up a big FSU game, um, that is going to be the game that will define the season. Um, No doubt about it. Uh, And, and, and Haley, please – Stop spamming our um uh, putting I'm putting I'm blocking you right now, man. You're like spamming our our messages and and, and I don't like it. You're out of here. Um okay, Ewan uh, Middlebrooks says, no reason to red shirt uh Jacuri Brown. Put him some packages, use his talent. All right, listen. i I I can just give you my opinion on this. Okay. Um Jakari, you could play him four games and he could keep his red shirt, okay? you're not the midway point of the season. It, 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 you know, the, the runs up the middle caught them by surprise. It was a nice gimmick. Okay. Um, People are going to be prepared for it now. That's number one. And number two, this is a developmental quarterback. This is a kid, you know, and I have the benefit of having watched them throw in practice uh, quite a bit. And he's a developmental quarterback who is going to take some time. Okay. And we don't know when he's going to be able to be the starter because Um, If Jake Garcia uh, hangs in there here, he's going to be the next starter, almost certainly. Uh, You got uh, Jaden Rashada coming into the program. He's supposed to be very, very good. He's having a very good year in high school, but Jacuri had a good year in high school too. So we'll see what that looks like in the spring. But the point I'm getting at is there's no guarantees uh, with Jacuri. And he might as well have options, okay? Whether he finishes his career at Miami, whether a day comes where he has to transfer if he doesn't make it here, because they ain't stopping recruiting. I'll tell you that, okay? Um, Mario and Ponson, these guys, they're not going to stop recruiting. Uh, they want five quarterbacks competing every year, okay? So um, I just think that it makes sense to redshirt them. I hope they do. Uh, I, I know, you know, to me red shirt years are, are way too flippantly thrown away in today's modern day mindset of college football. Um, I, I think that they can be important to certain players. Um, you know, a guy like Wesley, the he needs to play. Okay. Trevante citizen, had he not been hurt, he needed to play. Um, you know, but there aren't a ton. Nigel Kelly, he needs to be playing this year, which he is because he needs to be a superstar next year. Okay. Uh, Jacuri Brown doesn't need to be a superstar next year. I, I, hope, I hope they redshirt him. I hope they, you know that um, he preserves that year of eligibility. Um, let's see. Je- Jeff Lynn, uh, how many Miami players will go to the NFL after this year besides Mesidor? No, there won't be many. Um, only had one guy drafted in the seventh round last year. Uh, other than Mesador, I'm not sure. It's going to be much different this year. I haven't started looking into the NFL draft yet. We don't even know who's going to be in the draft at this point. But uh, great point. Mallory's going to end up on a practice squad, yeah, um, probably because of the way that he doesn't block. And and it's really kind of interesting that after four years in college football, obviously working on blocking the whole way through, um, that we're still sitting here saying that Will Mallory is not a great blocker, but um, but but he's not, and um, you know I I don't think that's going to change at this point. All right, uh, Chris Brown doesn't like the switching quarterback thing for a certain gimmick play. Um, I don't either. When you have a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke, uh, you know why would you take your best offensive player off the field? Um, however. I mean, it was for a play or two, you know, it, it, it it worked and picked up a first down in, in one of those cases. And, uh, it gave, uh, Jakuri his moment, you know, he's out there practicing every day and, um, it gave him a little moment. So I don't see any harm in it. Um, they can, they can do it, um, four times and they've done it. They've done it. Uh, they've done it two now. So, um, yeah, it'll be okay. I think. Uh, Jason C says, "Don't blame Gary. No, do not blame me at all. N- nothing that happens out there is my fault. Um, it's certainly not. Um, it's certainly not anything I drew up. Um, but in all seriousness, I do believe um, that the program is headed in the right direction. I've said that, and th- you know th- they've had some stumblings here along the way, obviously." Um, But my opinion in the big picture uh, has not changed one bit. Um, Absolutely, I get ridiculed for it at times. Um, Somebody called me a Mario fanboy on, I think it was the message boards uh, yesterday. Um, I I said, I hope that's a compliment. I mean, if fanboy means that I believe that Mario is the right guy to lead the program out of this horribly disgusting abyss, that it's been in for two decades, yeah. I'm a fanboy then, and I'll I'll wear I'll wear it proudly, man. Um, I'll you know whatever, man. Uh, are these fanboy glasses like does does this you know fit the bill? If I it, you know you can call me a fanboy, I mean I you know I don't care if 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 it means that I have that opinion, um I'm all good, man. Um Chris Brown again says that if you can run you can control the last four or five minutes of the game, no doubt about it, but. Um, there was a lot of conversation about the last few minutes last week and, um, the play calling of Josh Gaddis and him sticking to the air in that moment. And, um, picture yourself, you're sitting up there in the press box, like Josh Gaddis was, and you've been throwing the ball effectively all game and you haven't been able to run it effectively and you need to win the ball game. Okay. You're, 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 you know, you're in a one score game now. Okay. Um, You believe in your quarterback, um, and you believe in the way you've been able to throw the ball all day, and you feel you have a favorable advantage there. Now, you can be stubborn, and you can say, football 101 textbook, uh, absolutely, without exception, says, I am supposed to run the ball here, at least on first and second down, and run clock. Okay? And what if you do it? And it doesn't work because it hasn't been working the whole game. And now you have to give the ball back to uh, the home team, as bad as they are, which they are, with a chance to win the football game. Okay? That's scary, man. So he went with what he felt was working and and what was strong enough. And at the end of the day, it worked. Okay? They were able to move the ball. They got the first downs. And they ran out the clock uh anyway so um Josh Gaddis knows that that's not you know that is not the strategy for um for every week every game uh he was very committed when we spoke with him on Monday to working on the running game very very hard this week so that the next time he's in that situation maybe the running game is performing the way it did at Texas A&M and um uh, they can actually run the ball um And he can do it with confidence and uh, not have to feel uh, that he has to throw it every time. But uh, I thought people were a little too hard um, on him, to be honest. Um, And um, I think you just got to kind of understand what he is facing out there uh, when he has to make those play calls. All right. um, Let's see. Uh, Five, six, three. 999-3550, 563-999-3550. Nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. This is the final call for calls. I got two of them on the board right now. Let's go to the 954. You are live on Sport Live. Hi, Gary. Is this me? Yeah, it's
11: you. Who's this? Yeah, this is uh, Red Kane. Hey, what's up, Red? Yeah. <laughs> no, no let me for tell you something. I, was, I came kind of late to this, and I didn't want to, like, beat a dead horse. You just forked something that I really kind of, like, not resent, but bothers me. Like, everybody's giving uh, Gaddis a okay, free pass. Remember the first two games? They say, oh, no, keeping Vanilla, we're waiting for the A&M game. And what happened there? Vanilla as you can get. And, and now they're giving him credit for Tyler get, being good. But you know what? They got together with Mario and Tyler and said, what's going to work here? And all of a sudden they spread the, the, the offense. It was something he never did before. So not for nothing, Gary... Mahomer, I've been around, but, like, I can't agree with you on that. I, I think he's been terrible as an offensive coordinator. Here you are, every head helmet that you have against uh, Tennessee State, you're better than. Yet they stopped you on the on the one-yard line, what, was it three, four times? And the very next play, another thing, going back to our defensive coordinator, they threw a bomb for 99 yards. And, and like, I always said, oh, no, not me. Saban, all you know, those guys, always said, Talent wins games. However, I always believe that it's true. Only when you win a game when your your opponent is superior is because of coaching, and they totally out us, including Mario. But that's another Like I said, my Homer, I think he's like Messiah, or whatever. And I don't want to talk like this. I don't. I don't want to diss like a, 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 a commit to whatever. But the, the, the to me, the failure of this year so far has been the coaching, and we supposed to have all these like. Star coaches, whatever, including Mario, and like whatever he did, whatever. If you, you can't get you guys up, I, I know it's a tough game after A and M, but if you can get you guys up to take on Middle Tennessee State, which I still, like, I, I have trouble saying this, <laughs> and like, and, and you get your ass kicked like that, it's up to the coaching. I'm sorry, but uh, another thing you is mention for Randy Shannon, Randy Shannon. I always said you can't win a horse race if you don't have the horses. Randy Shen, I think his first year, did he not recruit the best uh, recruiting class in the nation in one year? And it was all from here, which is fine. I know you can't get everybody from here or, or expect to win with everybody from here. But, like, he, he was good at that. But bottom line, our coaching staff, including from uh, our offensive lineman who's supposed to be a guru, whatever, how do you not push middle – middle Tennessee State one yard to get a touchdown with, with, with the back that we have with a town that we have I, I just I Curry. think those
1: guys had no legs man I'm telling you like I, I heard Leon Searcy
5: okay, but, but he I don't
1: wait listen the, the one thing when I don't know if you heard the Leon Searcy segment but we were talking about this and the one thing I think that he was not taking into account was they don't have any Leon Searcy's on this team, okay? And Leon Searcy was a freaking monster, okay? And, yeah, so he might have been uh, able to okay, play but- a physical football game and go through physical practices and be okay to play the game on Saturday. I'm not sure that those guys on this offensive line were in that state physically or mentally against Middle Tennessee State.
11: No, yeah, you're right. But who's, who's, who's that ball line? The coaching staff. I'm sorry. It, it, we're not talking about these guys that are not Leon Thursey, obviously. But you cannot push a guy that's recruited by military State. that Miami wouldn't even take a look at. And, and and you can't push them one yard in with a back like uh, Franklin, who's a stud or, or whomever. That, that OGD oh, is one yard. And they stuffed us there. And the very next play, 100-yard pass. That is all. I'm sorry. That's all on the coaching, which I hate to say that because we, we want to like the developed players but like it's hard to kind of swallow that I'm sorry
1: all right man well I get it but okay h- hang in there
11: no thank you I will I will and um yeah go Kings. actually not for nothing I'll tell you guys my kids I got two uh, Seminoles and a Gator so it's gonna be rough for me to go to that game but i yeah we're, we're bringing the DJs and we're gonna party over there we're gonna make it happen
5: <laughs> all right
1: man do it up yeah, don't let the tailgates of Florida State go by the wayside, everybody. Uh, those oh, okay. are no, no, no.
11: We'll, we'll drown them out. I'm going to kick my kids out of there. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> all right, man. Hey, thanks for being part thanks. of the show. Give us a call this week. Um, All right, let me uh, – there were a couple of other good little comments over here. Honey IV, um, he says that you need to evaluate each South Florida recruit as an individual. Cannot lump them all in the same boat. Uh, there is no question about that. Uh, a lot of people do lump them into the same boat. Um, Pinellas Kane, Miami's getting the second shelf South Florida kids. We need the top shelf kids. And he is correct also. Um, to which Honey I.V. replies, Dalvin Cook versus Joe, Joe Yearby would be a perfect example. And uh, absolutely would be. Um, so um, I think we'll leave it uh uh, we'll leave it at that for tonight. So, uh, hey, thank you, everybody, for, for watching. Uh, those of you that are going to watch the uh, On Demand um, podcast or whatever you want to call it in the coming days, thank you for doing that. Uh, tomorrow night, program note, Lamar Thomas Show at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, the great one will be back with us. And um, good morning, Sport in the morning. We'll have a You Bet Sport tomorrow night. Um, yeah, man. The beat goes on. Kane's got to beat Duke and Virginia and set up a big one against Florida State. Uh, Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time.